Stephen Henderson, as always, thanks for tuning in. Communities all over the country are finding ways to commemorate and celebrate tomorrow's now national holiday, Juneteenth. For those of you who don't know the origins and significance of this day, here's just a little background. June 19, 1865, was the day that U.S. Army troops landed in Galveston, Texas, and told the enslaved people there that they were free. This is amid the aftermath of the Civil War, and although President Lincoln had signed the Emancipation Proclamation uh, on January 1st, 1863, enslaved people in Texas weren't notified of their freedom until two years later. Well, this year is a milestone in terms of the wide recognition of this holiday and its origins. It's also a really excellent way to celebrate a variety of great work being done within the black community. One such effort is going to be highlighted during a special event at a place that's really special to me tomorrow, the Tuxedo Project, which is the nonprofit that I started in the West Detroit neighborhood where I was born. The Free Black Women's Library Detroit is celebrating its second anniversary, and it's marking the occasion with a free outdoor book exchange at the Tuxedo Project from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Here to talk more about the Free Black Women's Library is the project's founder, Ola Akinmo'o. Ola, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Good morning. Thanks for saying my name so uh, so well. <laughs> you did a <laughs> yes, good job. I've got great producers who help me out with pronunciations. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> and also with us is the founder of the Detroit chapter of the Free Black Women's Library, Caitlin Durst Rivas. Caitlin, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Yes. So, uh, Ola, let's start with you explaining what the Free Black Women's Library is. Uh, On your website, you describe it as a social art project. That is a wonderful phrase. I love it. So let's, let's start there. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much. So basically, the library is a social art project, um, that features a collection of over 3,000 books written by Black women. And I have also started to carry uh, books by Black non-binary authors as well. And it serves as a community resource, as a literary site, as a space where people can come together and gather and really celebrate and get into uh, the brilliance, the creativity, the diversity, the wide range of Black women's literature that's out there. It travels all around New York City and sometimes outside of New York City and works as an interactive installation. So when the library is installed in a space, all ages, all races, all genders are welcome to come and interact with the installation. So one of the ways that you can do that is that for every book you bring, you get to take a book. And those exchanges can be really exciting 
Sorry, I'm in Brooklyn. It's really loud here. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Um, but those exchanges can be really exciting. They can be very interesting. They can be very varied. People can trade comic books for science fiction. People can trade romance novels for books on health and beauty. People can trade poetry collections um, for books on critical race theory, which is a hot topic right now. <laughs> so, right. you know, it's... Um, it's just a, a welcoming space. Uh, it's a radical space, although I know people kind of overuse the word radical, but it is a space that offers an opportunity for connecting with other people as well as just like getting into how exciting literature is and reading and books. So, yeah, yeah. it's all those different things. Yeah. And I'm really excited that um, Caitlin started a chapter in Detroit because I love Detroit. I've been there a couple of times. It's an awesome city. And I know that it's something that uh, Detroit culture, if that makes sense, would yeah. really get into and appreciate. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so uh, Ola, I, I, our first conversation on the show today was about critical race theory and how important that is to shaping uh, conversations about race, conversations about history, conversations about uh, the future, but it also it also reminds me. You're you're describing your project, reminds me of how important it is to use that lens for all kinds of different things. And in this case, you're talking about you're talking about art, you're talking about literature. But there isn't a a, a proper way to acknowledge or celebrate the kinds of literature that you're talking about without using the lens of race. If you don't, then unfortunately in this society, it all gets missed. It all gets kind of swept away and underappreciated. And so, uh, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to hear you describe what you're doing uh, in light of the conversation that, uh, that we just had. Yeah, definitely. I think that's part of what makes this library really special and really unique is that you're getting black women's voices are centered. And that is something that rarely happens. And oftentimes when it does happen, it's from a place of needing and lack. You know, there's lots of incredible, worthy uh, projects and movements that are based around you know, helping and supporting black women, which is extremely important when it comes to like, you know, uh, childbirth, mortality rates, incarceration, domestic abuse, like those things are so important. But I think the thing that's special about the library is that black women are coming from a place of empowerment mm -hmm. and like teaching and creativity and excitement and pleasure and joy and really like big time freedom dreaming. So there's no sense of lack in the space because it's kind of like you walk into this space and no matter what your interests are, you'll find something, whether it's urban planning or how to make clothes, you'll find something written from a black woman's point of view. And I think that's what makes it really special and really unique uh, because there have been <laughs> a couple of times when I've even met teachers who teach creative writing classes and literature classes who will come to the library and feel kind of um, 
I don't want to say embarrassed, but taken aback by mm. the fact that their curriculum, their syllabus, their reading list doesn't really have doesn't reflect a this, amount of black this women work. authors on their list. Yeah. And there's and it's like, wow, look at all these options that I didn't know about because they weren't available to me, because they weren't promoted, because they weren't lifted up as important. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just really important. Having that diversity is really important. You yeah. know, being able to see things from different perspectives is really important. I think it broadens your worldview. It helps you become a more compassionate, empathic, understanding person. So, and and everybody loves books. So I think it's um, I think it's an awesome project, yeah. and yeah. I just. Thank you for letting me talk about it in sure. this space. Yeah. Uh, so, so Caitlin, I want to uh, bring you into the conversation here. Talk about starting the Detroit chapter uh, of this organization and talk about uh, how this project is intersecting with uh, the Tuxedo Project tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so it's been such a labor of love and joy starting this project and um you know, Ola is super inspiring, and I had been following her work with the Free Black Women's Library for a while on Instagram and social media, as well as some other similar projects across the country. Um, and I was in a graduate program where I was, you know, finishing up a thesis that was really about radical self-care for Black women, and it brought in um, a lot of literature you know, written by Black women, mainly from a Black feminist point of view, but also from a point of view of overcoming trauma, why centering spaces of self-care specifically for Black women and femmes was important. And I just begun, yeah, um, kind of building this library internally as I was writing this thesis. And I really wanted to do more with it. I really felt like everybody needed to experience um, having these books in their presence, being able to tangibly hold them and see them. Um, so many so many of these books, um, thinking of The Source of Self-Regard by Toni Morrison, um, so many of these books are like so beautiful to just look at and flip through. And of course, seeing um, a Black woman represented on the back cover mm -hmm. or on the front is just amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so after I was done with my thesis, I really wanted to bring this project into the Detroit community. So I talked to Ola and um, had also found out there was other branches of the Free Black Women's Library prop popping up around the country. So I knew that there was other opportunities similar to what I wanted to do in Detroit already happening. So I was very inspired and empowered by her and by the other mm -hmm. folks who are doing similar projects um, mm -hmm. to start a Detroit project. So I just did. And Juneteenth was around the corner. So I was like, let's start on Juneteenth because it's such an important day to celebrate Blackness, to celebrate freedom, to remember that Black women are at the center and at the corner and at the, you know, the core of everything, um, especially social movements and, um, you know, just propagating what it means to be a Black person in this world. Um, and so, yeah, I started on Juneteenth very intentionally, and um, it's been two years. Really exciting. I've popped up at the Sidewalk Festival. Um, I've popped out at a bunch of conferences um, in Detroit. I've popped up at the University of Michigan. 
um, and quite a other few open air opportunities just in Detroit neighborhoods. So it's yeah. been really beautiful two years. And tomorrow is going to be, you know, one of the first times in really almost a year that we've had a public event because had of the pandemic. That, yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, okay, so uh, Caitlin Durst Rivas and Ola Akimo, uh, founder of the Free Black Women's uh, Library. Thanks you, thanks to both of you for being here on Detroit Today. And you can get more information about tomorrow's book exchange at tuxedoproject.com. That's going to do it for us this week. Come back on Monday. We're going to talk with Julie Robner of Kaiser Health News. Uh, to talk about the recent SCOTUS decision upholding the Affordable Care Act. And we'll talk about the planned merger between Beaumont Health and Spectrum Health and what it'll mean for health care here in Southeast Michigan. This is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow. <laughs>